For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. And here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! It is a football Friday here on Birds 365 with your Mega Mac guys. I know every Friday is a football Friday here on Birds 365, but this one is a little bit different because it's a football Friday before an Eagles Sunday, something we haven't been able to say in six months. Looking forward to the next four, maybe five months of football Fridays leading into Eagle games. Johnny McDonald, along with my partner, John McMullen, who's going to hang with me for the first half hour. Then he's got to run into uh, the city to uh, get to the Novacare Complex to get as much information as he can from the Eagles, which will be heavily guarded uh, right up until their first game <laughs> against the Detroit Lions on Sunday. All right, Johnny Mac, before what you think you're going to get today, you get anything yesterday while you're down there? Uh, yeah, there's always little things, you know, a lot of them we can't report or they'll shut the whole system down. Uh, I was talking to you and Glenn uh, about that yesterday. It's comical, but, you know, it is where it is in, in the NFL as a whole. The Eagles aren't the only team like this. Uh, I do think they're one of the more secretive teams uh, from the coaching staff's perspective. At least they want to be. And uh I, I don't understand it, but it makes them happy. So uh, one of the th- I'm going to get some off the record time with Nick Sirianni today. That's why it's important. So, you know, then you get some background. You can't talk about it, but at least you get some background information on, on, on what, what is going on, the thought process and things like that. So, you know, it, it, it it's, it's valuable, um, but it is an interesting and I talk about it all the time in the NFL as a whole, it's interesting the way the sport is going 
because I think things have never been simpler and um and and that's because of, of preparation time and you have to change you don't have as much time to prepare as you used to right so uh what do you do you have to simplify things uh and you have to you have to scale things back to a certain degree and that's not just the eagles again that's everybody um because you you don't have two a days you don't have all that off-season time you don't have time to work with the quarterback we had set joiner on you work with the quarterback from the minute the season ends basically to the next season begins you don't have that anymore so it, it does make sense from that perspective um but it's interesting that they find the need to be more secretive but then again a lot of these coaches weren't involved in that old system so they probably look at it a different way Part of the uh, less time spent working and uh, putting your offense and defense in place and uh, upgrading the guys that you have and their ability to do what they have to do is mandated by the CBA. You are 100% right about that. Some of it is selected by the team, and that would be the case here in Philadelphia as well. When they are practicing, if they're practicing less than the 2006 or 1997, or if you really want to get crazy about it, the 1983 Philadelphia Eagles, back to Dick Vermeule. Oh, yeah, that's all dictated by the uh, collective bargaining agreement. If they're practicing less than, say, oh, I don't know, the Detroit Lions, who they play on Sunday, in this preseason, well, that's by choice. That's on the Eagles. And they've they've achieved their first goal, which is go into the season healthy. And with uh, Javon Hargrave being a full participant in practice yesterday, this side of uh, Dillard and the injury that he suffered this week, this is a healthy football team starting the year, Johnny Mac. Yeah, and Detroit isn't, especially maybe the strength of their team, the offensive line is not healthy. Um, And, you know, you start to say, hey, you know, the Eagles are probably going to play. Now we're going to have to wait till 17 games and, to see that how that is, but the old the, the the goal of the philosophy, and I always call it a cost benefit analysis, and I believe the Eagles are correct on this one. I believe it's more valuable to get get to week one as healthy as possible, and sort of whatever you want to term it, extended preseason, real preseason, those first couple games, play yourself into. Uh, what you're going to be, and maybe it turns out a little bit ugly like the Los Angeles Rams last night. Um, but I think it's more important to get those players healthy from the the standpoint of what I was talking about before. Well, if you can't prepare like you want to prepare anyway, why don't you just get to week one as healthy as possible? And, you know, for the Eagles, Andre Dillard got hurt in practice, so you got one – but for the most part, all the starters are healthy and ready to go and ready to uh, uh, play week one. And we'll see, you know, you have this ending debate because nobody knows. And this to me is why people won't let up on the, the, the thought of, of, of trying to find this formula. Like what's the formula to stay healthy? There is no formula. You can't legislate injuries. I don't know who's going to show up in week one. But if Miles Sanders gets hurt or or Jason Kelsey gets hurt 
and and they've had injuries that they've dealt with and they're going to come back. But even if somebody was healthy out of the blue, out of the blue, Jody, there are certain people that are going to say, well, that's because they didn't practice and that they didn't get ready. I don't know if that's the case. I, I have no idea if that's the case. Right. But here's, here's the flip side to that, John. If the Eagles had worked harder, um, you have your definition hard, I have mine. The Eagles have their, what would hard work actually be? If they had worked harder than they did, how do we know that no one wouldn't have been hurt anyway? Well, that's what I mean. That's the same thing. I, I, so I, I, we, it, we don't it really works. know. So the only thing yeah. we can do is judge the results. As of now, the results are good because the Eagles only have one guy hurt on their entire 53, so they can set up go, yeah, it worked the way we did it. That's true. They're right. But here's what you have to be able to do. you got to wait two or three weeks. They will now play a 40-minute football game with all of their starters playing the great 60. majority of the game. Hopefully, taking hopefully they go more than 40. That they're they're going to lose. Yeah. If oh, they'll be over 60. by 40. That's why I mean 40. <laughs> by the time we hit the 40-minute mark, the Eagles will be up by two touchdowns. So they may even choose to pull some of their regulars out of the game like they do in the preseason. Oh, that's right. Some preseason games, they don't even see the field. They don't even put shoulder pads on. Um, but you, you got to go a couple games into the season because I think it's very legitimate to be able to say, maybe they got hurt in one of the first three games because they didn't put up put put up enough physicality in preseason to get get ready. But, I, I think this is an ongoing thing that you can judge. And even at that, it's differing philosophies. You can't prove anything. But I think I mean. if you're being but, fair. And, and I'm not talking about Jody McDonald or John McMullen. I'm talking about, you know, these organizations, and it's not just the Eagles, they spend so much time trying to study injuries and what they can do to prevent them and rehab the rehab part of it. I I'm a hundred percent on board, you know, learn from rehabs of previous injuries and, 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 and treating injuries, but the prevention of injuries, I mean, the open-endedness to me should answer the question. It's like, you're, there's both ends of the spectrum. You're raising your hand and saying, well, somebody gets hurt. But nobody knows, and we both agree to that. We both default and stipulate that, like, I don't know if it, what they're doing is keeping them healthier. There's no way I can know that. And there's no way if somebody gets injured and all of a sudden they have this flux of injuries. Now, people can blame it on something, but they don't really know. And and that's all I'm saying. From the, from the mind of the experts, like, why can't they, they accept that Oxum's razor, you know, the simplest answer is usually the right one um cross your fingers man it, it, it's a difficult sport it's a physical sport there's non-contact injuries you know everybody talks about Jalen Hurts well Jalen Hurts can't play the way he plays they say it about Josh Allen last night you know when is it coming for Josh Allen when is it coming for Josh Allen the ironic thing about Jalen Hurts is he got hurt in the pocket last year when he did get hurt he didn't get hurt outside the pocket right. There's no rhyme or reason to any of this other than speculation. And, you know, that's our job. I'm not criticizing you. I'm not criticizing that. That's what we have to do. But from the experts, the people that get paid to, to go into somebody's office, whether it's Howie Roseman or Nick Sirianni, and say, oh, this prevents injury. Oh, bleep. You don't know. And nobody you, knows. You don't sure. know. And, oh, by the way, 
the Bills put the way the game away in the second half when Josh Allen started running the football. It was 10-10 at half. Allen didn't do anything with his legs in the first half, or he started taking off and making plays in the second half, and the Bills go out and uh, win by three touchdowns. So I-, I hope it plays similarly with the Philadelphia Eagles this week. I hope that Jalen Hurts is still allowed and or takes it on his own to make a couple of big plays with his legs because it's what he does better than anything else. All Eagle fans have to hope this year that the arms catch up to his legs. But as of right now, his best weapon is his legs. And I hope the Eagles, although I, I expect them to, and I'd like to see them improve in the passing game. That's why you got A.J. Brown. Let's hope that Jalen Hurts makes a couple of plays with his legs. All right. uh, One thing I feel the need to bring up here. And yeah, when uh, you take your leave for the uh, Novacare complex, I will once again uh, hearken that yours truly is predicting 12 wins for the Eagles and an appearance in this year's Super Bowl. But before we get there, I got to call one of the deities of here in town on the carpet. Did you see the Eagle hype video, Johnny Mac? I did because they sent it to me. So, but I I watched it really quickly. So, I, I but I did watch it. But well produced. Watch. It had it's, it's always effect. well produced. It is. They're very good at that. Had its effect on me. Um, and yes, I'm a little more jacked for the Eagles season having watched it. But I need to give you one quote from that Eagles hype video. We're going to prove to you that we're the best. Do you know who said that? Is that Kelsey? That would be Jason Kelsey, who lectured Jody McDonald, John McMullen, and every other member of Eagle Nation who isn't in their locker room that uh, expectations are bull bleep and that it doesn't matter where... How does he go about lecturing the world about overstay and le- and putting out expectations and then stare into a camera for an Eagles type video and go, we're going to prove to you that we are the best. Uh, didn't you just raise expectations, Jason? Now, I know he's a god in this town and it's well earned and he will forever be a, a Philadelphia favorite. But how can you in two days go from lecturing people to not over ex- uh, set expectations for the team and then do so yourself on video that is going to live forever? Well, first of all, the timing, that thing was produced before Jason talked. Uh, oh, so he had ago. to change your heart from the time that he, that, from the time. Well, no, I'm just saying. Until I'm he just... met with the media, he had to change. Your, was it a divine intervention? God came down and told him, "Oh, don't overhype the season. Don't don't set those expectations." Well, he probably <laughs> he probably kept hearing the expectations go up and up and up. But you know, it's interesting. I just tweeted this. People get upset about it. I tweeted it about one of our other loves, uh, pro wrestling. Uh, but it 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 adheres to politicians mainly, uh, and every you know everybody who's on. You know, pointing out hypocrisy to hypocrites doesn't really do a lot because they don't give a shit. <laughs> they don't care. They know. They know there's hypocrisy involved. Um, so, I I mean, it's part of it. Jason's a leader of this football team. He's trying to be a politician. And by the way, you know, he probably could be the mayor of Philadelphia. Maybe should be the mayor of Philadelphia, to be honest. But, um, 
it, 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 you know, he's trying to, to get his own locker room in, in order and trying to get them on the page of, look, it doesn't matter what people say. It doesn't matter what the expectations are. If we don't work, you know, the Rams, Sean McVay said it last night after the game. I, I forget the exact terminology. I, I think he called it, uh, you know, get some humility or something like that because he's a pretty cocky guy. And him and Les Snead spent the whole offseason cackling and and all of a sudden here's week one and they got the Super Bowl hangover and they get waxed uh, on their home field, which really isn't a home field because they never have a home field advantage. But, um, you know, this, this sport has a way of correcting – haughty people um and and jason that whole thing wasn't about you it wasn't about me it wasn't about the fans it was about his locker room and trying to get those guys to understand if we don't pay attention to detail if we don't work every single week um you know you're going to end up like the rams in week one and people are going to jump up and bite you in this league because everybody's got good players Detroit's a bad team. We're all picking the Eagles to beat the Lions. Detroit's one of the worst teams in this league still. They're getting a little bit better. But you look up and down the roster and you say, oh, that's a pretty good player. That's a pretty good player. Oh, they got Panay Sewell last year. They got Aiden Hutchinson this year. All of a sudden, Jeffrey Okuda's back. Who knows what he turns into? Mike Hughes, former first-round pick. Who knows? Uh, Amon St. Brown, you know, we had Tim 20. DeAndre Swift, people know. Um you know, there's right, good players they, all they over. Out about all 31. Yes, that's what I'm teams. saying. So this isn't Alabama versus whoever they're going to schedule to give their weeks off, uh, where you know you can count on a win. You literally know you're going to you're going to win that football game. You never know that in the NFL. Maybe there's a couple instances where you've had some really bad teams, the 0 and 16 lines with Rod Marinelli where you, you're pretty comfortable. But that's very rarely happens in the NFL. And that's all Jason was trying to do. He was trying to market correct his own locker room. And he was I, using then, us. Then, then Johnny, and, let and, me ask and, you this. Who do you think he was afraid of, was reading too many of the clippings, listening to young too players, much advice? Young players. Young players. He's not worried about Lane. He's not worried about Fletcher. He's not worried about Brandon. And not all young players. He's not worried about Jalen. But young players in general, I mean, it, it's, you know. So it's, anyone it's on either roster 23 or under, is that what we're saying? Well, I, you know, Jalen's 24. It's not about age. It's about, I always say Jalen's an old soul. You know, he's 24 going on 35. He's very mature for his age. You know, there's 35-year-olds who aren't mature, Joe. I'm Jurgens, sure you who know. are we talking about here, Johnny Mack? I'm trying to get you to name a name for me here. Young players on this team that here that turn on you know wip when you're on there or jacob media when we're on here anywhere else who says you know kaiser white's going to be a pro bowl player and cj gardner johnson's going to come in here on 10 days and he's well, one of the there, best have any of the eagle players suggested that kaiser white was going to make the pro bowl that's that's not the point jody again the hype is the point Jason, I think your message, you're, you think Jason's talking to you. You think Jason's talking to the fan base. Jason's talking to his locker room. Keep the main thing, as Jalen Hurts would say, keep the main thing the main thing. 
focus on on what you need to do. Don't focus on the rat poison. Don't focus on the outside noise, which everybody thinks is always negative, but it can be the positive blowing smoke up your you know what too. It doesn't even it's not even about seeing somebody like you want to single out somebody and single out somebody and say, oh, Quez Watkins is buying the hype. I'm, and I'm not picking on, I'm just using Quez as a young player. Quez Watkins is buying buying the hype. It, it, it's not even about that. It's trying to stop it before it potentially happens. And the Rams are a perfect example. The Rams are the Super Bowl champions, the reigning Super Bowl champions. Nobody's ever defending because I, I hate that term because there's so much change in the NFL. It's a completely different team. There are the reigning Super Bowl champions. You got the head coach, you know, the 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 flavor of the I you can't even call him the flavor of the month because he's been the flavor of five years for the NFL now. He's the guy, everybody loves him, and he's out there talking about humility for for the first time because he just got bitch slapped on national television. Yeah, That's what can happen in the NFL. That's what Jason Kelsey's talking about. Okay, so uh, uh, Quez Watkins is the guy I got to keep my eye on. Uh, yeah, see, Jody, you're you're part of the problem, man. You want a name? I just threw out a name as an example. I didn't say Quez was buying the expectations. You wanted a young player. I said there's potential. If if Quez Watkins as a young player who's not proven, but Eagles fans put him up on this pedestal he shouldn't be on. If he believes that, if he believes that, not he believes it, that can turn in a very, very negative direction. That's what Jason Kelsey's trying to do. He's been through all this. He's been through when this team was expected to be good, when this team was expected to be bad. He knows how it works. Sometimes, and this is why I was talking about it with pro wrestling, sometimes in in the big CM Punk uh, controversy in pro wrestling, Sometimes older guys try to tell younger guys and younger guys don't listen because they think they have every freaking answer. They think every answer. And I'm sure people have gone through this in their regular life with their kids or the people they know. And I know when I was 22, I thought I knew everything. And guess what, Jody? I didn't know jack shit about jack shit. That's what Jason Kelsey is doing. And there's a lot of guys. And I think this generation is even worse because of the, the uh, social media video. We didn't do this generation any favors as, as a government leaders shutting down. There's people that don't have an ability to communicate well because of what went on. There's all these millions of things that have nothing to do with football that can lead to being a good football team. And that's what Jason Kelsey's doing and that's why he's brilliant at what he does, and that's why he is who he is. And he's going to the Hall of Fame someday. But I thought his uh, statement the other day was misguided. If that's and you're right, it in in at least in part, it's in testament to the world in which we live and the way people uh, are informed that he has to go through the media to make his point to his teammates that he might have concern about when he has this tremendous availability. He can walk up to him and look him in the eye in the locker room. They shouldn't have to do it to a media availability where he is putting everyone on notice. Maybe he's narrow focusing what he's doing specifically to the 
two, three, four, five, six, Quez Watkins or whoever else that he has some concerns with that they're a little bit overhyped from where the team is actually at right now and or what they've accomplished. I would think the better way to handle it would be to go up and stare them in the face and go, listen, we haven't won, pardon the French, shit so far. So uh, why don't we stay focused on what we're supposed to do rather than have to well, take it to done. a media <laughs> where every single legal fan is listening. And Jason Kelsey is making this statement about the team. And that's why they're watching, because they want to hear what Jason Kelsey has to say. And he's raining on their parade before the season ever starts. Yeah, well, he, he, he first of all, he talks to the team all the time. I would bet that Nick and we'll see because they usually produce it and put it on on their Twitter feed and their website. Uh, the pregame talk he has on Saturday, um, you know, it's probably going to be Jason. He talks to the guys all the time. He he's doing both. He's, he's, he's as good a motivational speaker as we've had in this town in I don't know how long. But if 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 you have a group, uh, a generation who doesn't respond to, uh, you know, face to face communication, but they do respond to viral videos, use it. That's why he's smart. Use both. Oh, here 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 would be my take if I were Howie Roseman. If I'm thinking about adding a guy to a to my roster who will be more moved and motivated by a viral video than his teammate looking him in the eye and talking to him. Yeah, I don't know if I want that guy on my team. Well, but then you're not gonna, Jody, you're not going to have a team. You're not going to have a team because this is a different generation. See, now, now you're going to get mad at me again, John. Name three. Name three guys on the Philadelphia Eagles. You just said they wouldn't have a team if I did it my way. Name three players that you would consider – more motivated by watching a viral video than Jason Kelsey talking to a man-to-man, face-to-face. Well, they're on I, the Eagles I, right I'm, now. I'm, I'm not going to name names because I don't know not. them. No, because I don't know them personally, and I'm not there. But I know and a you lot. You know of... enough to tell me that you wouldn't be able to feel the no, team. No, I'm not. I'm not. So many players are more motivated by viral videos than their team captain looking them in the eye and telling them how to handle their business. I, this is common sense. I'm talking about the generation. So I will say Jalen Hurts is the exception to the rule. So I'll say 25 and under. I'll say 25 and under. One of the things about the NFL and the old school coaches versus the new school coaches, and every this I have talked to Nick Sirianni about, everything's different with communication. Everything's different. And if you don't accept that, and if you're Mike Zimmer or you're Tom Coughlin, or you're Bill Parcells. Andy Reid? Um, no, because Andy, the difference between Andy, and I say it all the time, the difference between Andy and Bill and all these other old school guys is they're willing to innovate. They're willing to move forward. They're willing to do things different ways. They're willing to hear other ideas in different ways. Every single coach has talked about the difference in communication, the, the lack of attention span. The attention span, the quickness, you have to get something across. Um, everybody's got their phones open now. It's a different generation. They talk about this all the time in a more uh, obscure, uh, uh, obtuse way, not obtuse, but in, in a more sort of crafted way in the fact that they don't want to insult people, but it is different. And you're not going to sit guys in for an hour and a half meeting and expect them to pay attention all the time. You got to go, you got to go quick. 
you got to get your points across and you got to do it in a different way. And one of the things with the pandemic and, and we all thought it would be this huge advantage for the Eagles because everybody was changing uh, uh, coaching staffs and, 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 and except the Eagles. And it turned out to be the exact opposite because, and this might be some sour grapes, uh, certainly from the organization standpoint, but the thought was Doug didn't handle the pandemic well. Doug's a face-to-face guy. Doug wants people in front of him. Doug wants all that. And all of a sudden, you're 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 in Zoom like we are, or StreamYard like we are, Jody, and you got to communicate through this avenue, and he wasn't good at it, or at least that's the spin. I don't know if I believe that or not. But I do believe, what I do believe is that it's different. And you have to get across the players today a lot differently than you had to do 20 years ago. I think that is obvious and 100% true, and coaches aren't lying when they say that. All right, Johnny Mac. No, you got to make your way over to the Novacare Complex. Uh, Before you do, Eagles prediction. Got to get you officially on the record. You and I were both at 11 from the time the schedule came out back in April. I've elevated to 12. It's as much a statement about other teams in the NFL as it is the Eagles. I think Harry Roseman's done a nice job since when the schedule first came out. And I think the Eagles have a slightly improved rush. I thought it was pretty damn good to begin with. So I've I've gone as high as 12. And yes, I bet the Eagles to go to the Super Bowl. You were at 11 in April. You've been leaning toward 11. Are you staying at 11? Are you moving up? Are you moving back? What's your official prediction for the Eagles here in 2022? Yeah, I'm staying at 11 because I haven't seen anything good or bad to go off off, and off of 11. I, I think they're going to out-talent a lot of teams. I, I think the roster is very good, uh, comparatively speaking. Um, I think their depth at certain positions is going to help. Um, but there are some question marks as well. We know the obvious ones. I'm not as concerned with Jonathan Gannon as other people are. People know that. You do have to see it from Jalen Hurts. I think you do have to see it from TJ Edwards and Marcus Epps. And everybody knows I'm a TJ Edwards guy, but I talked about that yesterday. You know, you, you get comfortable, with what Jason was saying. You get comfortable, and all of a sudden, bang, you know. I, I think it was ironic that going back real quick to that Rams-Bills uh, games last, last night, to me it was Andrew Whitworth. Not he was there, but before the game. 40 stinking years old, Jody. Uh, they lost Andrew Whitworth, and they collapsed from an offensive line perspective. Uh, they lose Von Miller. You see Von Miller on the other side. Unbelievable player. How old is Von Miller now? I got, I got to look it up. You know, Maybe teams in this league should start valuing experience a little bit more than they Maybe do. Maybe they should start valuing guys who get actually get to the quarterback. Yeah, and that's what I'm hoping with the Eagles. Depending, I'm you believing know, it, that Hassan Reddick's going to deliver that this year because that was one of the short sides of the Eagles last year. They couldn't get sacks. Yeah, and Vaughn is 33, um, and you know you're supposed to be on the down. He looked pretty damn good. <laughs> I mean. He looked pretty damn good. Oh, yeah. Um, so, you know, that's part of it. Quick, uh, quick aside, if you don't mind me asking. No. Were the Eagles ever in play for Vaughn Miller? No. I know they made the quick decision to jump this on Reddick. But 
they, they, they they're not thinking about a 33 year old at the top of the market they're not thinking that way uh, so the bills made should. a mistake didn't look that way to me last night yeah um you know, but they're very concerned about the 30 bear as, as most teams are, they're not the only team. Now the bills are on the crux and everybody thinks they're a super bowl contender because they are a super bowl contender and they're a really good team. So they're in a position where maybe they can roll the dice on an aging player and it looked for one week. It looked great. We'll see how it shakes out for the rest of the season. Um, but I do think, and I bring up the Rams for this point as well. When, when I talk about the Eagles floor, it's not, it's not low. You know, we talked about that with Glenn yesterday. I said 11. If you, if you force me to go up and down, I'd like your exercise. I'm still going down, but I don't think this team can win five or six games. I don't think it could get really bad because the offensive line is too good. And when you can't block people in this league, like the Rams last night, you're going to have issues. But when you can, you're going to win some games even if you're mediocre. And I think that kind of defined the Eagles last year, to be honest. And and the same thing is this year. Um, they're not, they're not, their floor is not low. The question is the ceiling right now. I got them at 11 wins, NFC East title. And I am a hater, Jody McDonald. You are not I only a, have them no, at 11 no, you wins. you are not, just because you're an MC one game title. behind me. And, yeah, I'm predicting more playoff success than you are. By the way, you think they're going to get picked off in the first round? They win the division, probably <sighs> not getting a bye. They're not going to have the best record in the conference. I, I don't want to overreact to week not one. Get it. Because right now I'm saying, well, they'll beat the Rams. You know, you tend to overreact on week one. The Rams look so bad. You're saying – but they played maybe the best team. Right. Um, Sean McVay is a good coach. Uh, probably not as good as everybody thinks, but he is a good coach. Um, and he'll get it corrected to a certain point. They need to fix the offensive line. As I said, I don't know how you do that unless you get Andrew Whitworth out of retirement. You know, uh, you know, maybe they're able to do that. Who knows? Um, there, There's room for the Eagles to 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 make some noise on the NFC side of the bracket. I think that's fair to say. But you know, I I have a tough time imagining if Tampa Bay gets there, if Green Bay gets there, how am I going to pick the Eagles over teams like that? If they're in the playoffs, I don't know how I can. So, uh but it's a long way to go. There there is room there is room for the Eagles to make some noise. And that's what I'm talking about. The floor is, you know, pretty good. This is not going to be a bad team. The ceiling, that's that's the key. How high can they go? And a lot of that, it really is. I hate the boil it down to the quarterback, but it really is the quarterback. It really is the quarterback. Well, I think we saw that last night. And we, we were without football for six months, and then it popped back up. And guess what? The better quarterback ran the game, won the game. And real, yeah. One more thing before I leave, Jody. I had Josh Allen, 26 of 31. So whatever percentage that is. And remember, he had two interceptions as well. One of which so, wasn't his fault right off no, the wide receiver's hands. Yeah. So 31 passes, 28 of them were complete, <laughs> essentially. Two to the other team. As you mentioned, one wasn't his fault. So we'll just say 27 of 31 should have been. Um, you know, the Rams play the Eagles 
uh, defense, defensive system. That's where it came from, to be honest. Uh, it, uh, Brandon Staley's version. Right. I, I think the I think the Rams would say the Eagles play the Rams defense, yes. not the. Uh, well, the that's Rams what I'm saying. Eagles defense. Uh, yeah, th- that's where it comes from. So it comes from Brandon Staley's version of Vic Bangio's version of his take on it. That's where it comes from. That's where it, where it started. So yes, the Eagles are playing the Rams version to be more correct. But that's what that defense is at 27 or 31. So if you're going to get upset about that, prepare to get upset. But okay. you know, if, if if you limit the explosive plays, that's the key. The Rams didn't limit the explosive play. Chandler Ramsey, by the way. Can we stop calling that guy a lockdown corner? That lockdown corners don't exist. I get reputations and all that, but how many games in a row does somebody have to embarrass that guy before we admit, ah, maybe he's not what he once was. Um, but anyway. I'm and here comes old school Mac again. I, I like Jalen Ramsey a lot. I think he's very good. Uh, he had like one real good pass defense, and he got up and celebrated like he had won the Super Bowl. <laughs> Come on. It's week win. one, and oh, by the way, the football karma gods got you when you let – uh, somebody get behind you for six, uh, Mr. Diggs. See, you can't be doing it. All right. I know I'm yeah. old school. Players shouldn't be lecturing people. Uh, uh, over celebration on the field gets me ticked off. All right. Well, maybe I need some downtime by myself. So we're going to let you go, McMullen. Happy hunting today, trying to find out information. You'll get a little bit more that you won't be sharing right. with uh, us. Uh, and Eagles, uh, 28 lines, 20. 28-20? Yeah, I had it at twenty four twenty, but that was when I thought Ragnow was playing. I don't think he's going to play, so now I bumped it up to twenty eight twenty. Okay, I'm not sure how Ragnow is going to help the Eagles get four more points, but no, it's a more of a all encompassing. That's okay. the strength and all of the the strength. Yeah, I, I don't think the Lions score twenty points. Uh, not not that high on their offense, but we both have the Eagles winning that and covering, which is also important. That's the most important thing. Johnny Mac, happy hunting. Uh, see you back here on Monday, buddy. All right. Thanks, Jody. John McMullen, my co-host here on Birds 365, has got uh, reporter duties. He's got to head over to the Novacare Complex. Nick Sirianni et al. will be speaking today before they get on the big old jet plane and head to Detroit for game number one against the Detroit Lions. All right. Johnny Mac, taking a quickie timeout. I'm going to round out this hour. I'll give you a couple more of my predictions. I know I annoyed some Eagle fans on our stream here today by calling Jason Kelsey on the carpet for being a bit of a hypocrite. He's still an all-pro, all-time, Hall of Fame center, and he's a Philadelphia Eagle. But I just think he made a mistake in the way that he handled his business this week. But that's irrelevant because the season starts on Sunday, and I think the Eagles are looking at a very good year. I'll give you a couple of more of my predictions uh, Rick Saratella, who you get uh, with the football playbook after our show each and every single day here on uh, the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Uh, Ricky's going to come in and give me a helping hand with my second hour. And we will have a guest in hour number two. That would be one Mike Sielski, who is, at least for my money, uh, the top columnist in this town um, when it comes to generating sports opinions. We'll get uh, Mike's look at the 2022 Philadelphia Eagles coming up. Uh, Jody Mack coming back uh, right here on Birds 365. 
greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on action. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey, the largest workers' compensation law firm in Pennsylvania. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. Even better, Pond Lee Hockey doesn't charge a dime until you win. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. You've got the Mac and Mac show. Uh, that would be Birds 365 here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel, but only one Mac for the next, oh, 17, 18 minutes. We'll get uh, Rick McSaratella up here. He'll jump in for uh, Johnny Mac in hour number two. In case you just streamed in, John Mac had to run over to the Novacare Complex. Uh, Nick Sirianni will have media accessibility. Um, he'll give him a little something, something, but he'll also keep as much as he can under wraps because the coach believes in competitive advantage and not telling uh, anyone anything that he sees as a key element or a trade secret. It's kind of important to Rick, uh, to Coach Sirianni. Um, and Johnny, Johnny Mack and I didn't even get into it because I know the answer already. The Eagles have done as best a job as they can to keep who's going to be doing the returning on special teams under wraps. They don't want the Detroit lions to know exactly who is going to be returning their kicks and punts. And this is one of those situations where I think Sirianni's kidding himself to make him believe that he's actually gaining a competitive advantage. Do you honestly believe that the Detroit lions would do anything differently to prepare for a different kickoff returner or punt returner 
if the Eagles came right out and named exactly who they were going to be uh, having back there for kicks or kickoffs or punts. I'll answer that for you. And I don't know uh, Dan Campbell uh, from a hole, hole in the wall, but I'm 99.9% sure that Dan Campbell will go, we're just going to get ready for whoever the hell they put back there. Pretty sure that's the attitude that Campbell's going to have. So I don't agree with the overall, oh, we got to keep it in the house. We'll gain a competitive event. No, they won't because they're not going to anybody. Uh, my guess would be Covey is going to get called up. He's going to get the uh, Dillard roster spot. He will be back there for punts on Sunday. I hope he breaks one and it, it is a huge play and I can sing the praises of the entire organization one day here that they made the right call that bringing in this undrafted free agent, even though he wasn't good enough to make the original 53 man roster was a stroke of genius because he paid dividends in week one. If that's the way it plays out, all the Eagle fans on the planet will be happy um, and they'll have made the right decision. That's just a prediction from yours truly based on no inside information whatsoever because they guard it like state street secrets. Um, but I really don't think they've got anybody on the roster right now that they trust. They, they might not put as big an emphasis on it as you or I or uh, some others would, uh, that it could be the uh, tipping point of a game. See, last night's game, no tipping point. Uh, the special teams really were no factor. The kid made a big field goal uh, late in the first half to get the Rams even, but it turned out to mean absolutely nothing. So sometimes you have games where special teams mean nothing. They they don't show up at all, and uh, I, I'm not sure that's going to be the case against the Lions uh, this upcoming week. All right, a uh, couple of predictions for the overall season from yours truly. I'm already on record as saying I think the Eagles are going to win 12 games. I'm also already on record as saying I think the Eagles can go to the Super Bowl. And part of it is because of the job that Harry Roseman's done. Uh, I'm a fan of Nick Sirianni and his overall coaching. I think Jonathan Gannon with upgraded weapons will have a better year statistically, defensively with this football team. Um, so I'm I'm looking for the Philadelphia Eagles this year to be better than last year's version, which puts them in the 11-win category. Here's why I think they can win 12 games, and here's why I'm saying I think the Eagles can make it to the Super Bowl. The NFC just isn't that good. We had, and it's one game. One. It was a big game last night. It's only one game, but it's the two top teams coming into the season in each of their conferences the Rams are not only the defending champions, um, reigning, defending, call them whatever you want. Um, for me, prior to last night's game, I would have said the Rams are probably, in my mind, Vegas actually has, believe it or not, the Bucs is the favorite in the NFC this year. And when I say Vegas, you know, I mean uh, on the wagering lines, and they're absolutely everywhere because of the proliferation of legalized gambling. Pennsylvania, New Jersey, all these other states, you can bet anywhere on your phone. Um, so it's not just Vegas anymore, but it's a phrase that has carried uh, a meaning for a long time. So I uh, know full well you guys understand when I say Vegas what I'm talking about. The Bucks are actually the betting favorite to go back to the Super Bowl one year removed. I would have said the Rams should have been the favorite before last night's game after the way they played. Maybe I would have been wrong. 
Um, no, I think it was more Buffalo was that good than the Rams uh, came up small. Um, so you've got the Rams who are now 0-1. Prior to last night's game, yeah, they were in the same exact starting blocks that the Eagles were. They've already got a loss, and I don't think the Eagles are going to have a loss after Sunday's game. So they're already going to be ahead of the Rams in the NFC. Yes, Tampa with Tom Brady deserves to uh, be given a ton of consideration. They're only one year removed from being the Super Bowl champions. But in that one year, Tom Brady has gotten older. Tom Brady has retired. Tom Brady is unretired. Tom Brady took a week and a half in the middle of training camp to take care of personal issues. Um, this really could be it. I, I think Tom Brady's going to retire at the end of the year. I've never said that before. What I have said before is I think Tom Brady will start to show his age. I think the first time I said that was about eight years ago. Oops. Uh, so I have sworn that I will never go down that road again, that his age will be the reason that Tom Brady uh, starts to uh, be able to do less on the football field. Oh, no. Tom Brady is already retired once, then unretired. So I think it's in the offing. I think this is it. I think Brady's going to walk away at the end of the year. I've said several times, one of the reasons, and maybe the biggest reason, but not the only reason, one of the biggest reasons Brady decided to come back, and again, this is just pure speculation on my part from afar, haven't had Tom return any of my texts. Um, I think he got really ticked off that somebody else announced his retirement. That ESPN, through sources, said Tom Brady is retiring before he was able to do so. I think he was absolutely leaning on doing it and had put things in motion for that to happen. That's how the ESPN reporters were able to put two and two together and come up with four, and it annoyed him no end. So when an opening presented itself for him to come back to the team and he could talk the wife into it with her not uh, threatening immediate divorce, he said, damn, I'm going back, I'm going to play another year, and I'm going to retire on my own terms. So I don't know this is full-fledged Tom Brady, greatest quarterback of all time, piloting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this year. And if that's the case, it gives the Eagles a better chance to beat them. The Green Bay Packers, both Johnny Mack and I, you know, are devotees of Aaron Rodgers. I always say he has got the best skill sets for any quarterback who's ever played the game. Brady's the greatest of all time because there's more to it than just the skill sets of playing quarterback. But he's got more physical traits Rodgers got more physical traits to play the position than Brady does. So when you have that and all he does is win 12 and or 13 games every single year, how do you not believe he's going to do so again this year? I don't see his uh, game dropping off at all. Didn't see it last year, even though they did nothing against San Francisco in the uh, playoff game in their house last year. They've kind of over the last couple of years proven that they're a regular season team and not necessarily a playoff team. So, yeah, the Packers are probably going to um, be able to roll through the uh, upcoming regular season and may very well have the overall best record again. And they probably will handle the Eagles on week number. I don't even know what week they play. Let's see. I got it in front of me here. Week 12. When they come in here to Philadelphia, that's probably one of the Eagles' 
five losses. I've got the Eagles losing five. I think I got him going 12 and five. Um, yeah, he's probably going to do it. But when it comes to the playoffs, they're no lock. Packers no lock. Packers have shown several years in a row that they're no lock when it comes to the playoffs. Even in Green Bay on the frozen tundra, they are not a lock. All right, so how did the Eagles get to the playoffs? Well, they got to do so by going 12 and 5. And I mentioned this yesterday with uh, Johnny Mack. Uh, way back in August when the NFL made an entire day out of schedule release. Uh, God bless them on their network. They turn it into 24 hours of programming. And they go through every single game and every single matchup. And it's phenomenal. If you're a football fan, you, you, you didn't even think about changing the channel on that day. It just, for a guy like me who's been around forever, it used to come out on the watch. You had to wait for the paper the next day to see what the schedule was for your team. Now it's immediate. It's on your phone. It's on the NFL Network for 24 straight hours. Uh, yes, we have advanced. Um, Eagles regular season 17 games. I've got them going 12 and 5. And believe it or not, I've got them losing three games in a row at one point. I think November is going to be tough on the Eagles. Sorry, Jason Kelsey. You think the expectations are too high here in the beginning of the year? Oh, I think they're going to increase by leaps and bounds when the season gets underway because I think the Eagles are going to beat Detroit week one. I'll give you a score on the game before we get out of here today. The Vikings scare me a little bit. Scare. I have trepidation that their offense is going to come in and do some things to this Eagle defense in week number two. I'm going to cling to the Eagles win the game. Yeah, we'll have all next week to talk about it after we see what they do to the Lions. And oh, by the way, Vikings play the Packers week number one. Very much a game to keep your eye on. Um, at Washington week number three, by that point, Carson Wentz will probably already be 0-2. The Eagles drop him to 0-3. The UN cry down in Washington would be past me a Heineke, but we, we, we need to get there. But yeah, for today's discussion, we got to be able to make predictions. I think the Eagles will be 3 0. I think the Eagles will be 4 0. When they uh, reintroduce Doug Peterson here and give him a very rousing uh, applause when he comes back through uh, the tunnel at Lincoln Financial Field, I think he'll get a standing O, and well, he should. And then they'll play the game, and then the Eagles will find a way to win. Although I'm not sure that one's going to be as big a blowout as the line may indicate, but we got to get there first. Uh, Eagles will be 4-0. First loss won't be till game number five when they've got to go cross-country out to Arizona. Uh, I think uh, Kyler Murray could cause some problems. Zach Gertz might make a big play or two. I think the Cardinals will pin the first loss on the Eagles. So they'll be 4-0 uh, before you blink, but Arizona brings them back down to earth a little bit. Week 6, Cowboys at home. Eagles swept by the Cowboys last year. Eagles a little revenge. Eagles get the Dallas Cowboys at home uh, on the Sunday night game. Then you get the bye. Then you get Pittsburgh at home. They might or might not have the whole Trubisky turn it over to Pickett thing. Done by them, probably not. And Eagles will beat Pittsburgh here. At Houston, man, Houston's going to be a bad team this year. Sorry, with or without Deshaun Watson, Houston's going to stink. And home against the Commanders, by then we may have Taylor Heineke. Uh, shoot, we may have the kid from uh, North Carolina in a quarterback by that point. 
the Eagles will beat Washington. So I've got the Eagles at eight and one. Eight and one going into week 10 against Indianapolis with their bye already having uh, been played. Eight and one. Jason Kelsey, what do you think the hype is going to be around this team? What do you think the expectations are going to be around this team when they get to eight and one? I got the Eagles eight and one. Yeah, week uh, number 10, uh, 11, they uh, go to Indianapolis. I think the Colts might be able to get the better of them. The next week, they got to come home and take on the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers, regular season machine. That's probably a loss. And then the week after, Tennessee at Lincoln Financial Field. Right now, I'll lean toward Tennessee in that one. I think Derrick Henry can uh, probably rush for 150 yards. So after getting out to an 8-1 and one start, I have the Eagles losing three games in a row in the middle of the season. Here's your expectations. Here's game seven. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be one of those kind of wild ride seasons. Then I have the Eagles finishing very, very well. Uh, the only game that scares me on the back half of the season, I've got them going 6-0 in the division. I think they're going to beat Dallas in Dallas. But the week after, on New Year's Day, the Saints come here to Philadelphia. And I think the Saints are an underrated team going into the season. I think they're going to make the playoffs. I think they're going to win double-digit games, and I think one of them could be the Eagles the next to last week of the season. But then if the Eagles need the last game of the season, oh, Giants come here to town on January 8th, they will surely take care of business against the Big Blue to lock up the divisional championship at 12-5. and five for the Eagles this year. All right, I've given you my predictions. Johnny Mack said, 11 and seven, 11 and six for the birds this year, and a 28 to what was his uh, score prediction? 28 20 victory over the Lions on Sunday. I'll give you an exact score. You already know I like the Lions to beat the Eagles. I give you an ex- exact score when I come back. And Rick Saratella, our very own, uh, will join me next for hour number two on this Football Friday edition of Birds 365. My wife was in an accident that changed our lives forever. She was in rehabilitation for years. She had to learn to walk again. She couldn't take care of herself. We couldn't afford a nurse. We were running out of options. One conversation with Pond Lee Hockey changed everything. They understood what we were going through and immediately helped us navigate the legal process. We can't thank them enough. Pond Lee Hockey. Tell us your story. Go for the polls and the pools. Go for the oohs and the ahs. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. It's the number one news at 10 p.m. Action news on PHL 17. Join Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Sorry, Williams, Gray Hall, Deuces Rogers, and meteorologist Adam Joseph for all the big stories at a time that's right for you. Action News at 10 p.m. on PHL 17. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Number two on a football Friday of Birds 365. My uh, usual partner, Johnny Mack, has already headed on into the uh, Novacare Complex to get some Eagle info prior to their kickoff game against the Lions to get the season underway. So I'm lucky enough to have Rick Saratella, Mr. Uh, football Playbook host here on uh, Jacob Media. He'll come up uh, with his own show an hour from now. He comes up here. What, what, what kind of shirt you got on? Well, we're going on 10 to 12, Jody Mack. We try to sprinkle in some NFL and college football as much as we can. But today we got uh, our good friend Brian Baldinger will join us, talk some Eagles. And then we'll have uh, Coach John Filippo on to uh, talk about his little Super Bowl run and what he's got going on right now. So a lot, lot of Eagles talk uh, buckled up for the rest of the day here. Very nice. Um, and apparently Rick didn't hear what I said. Maybe I mumbled. What shirt do you have on? Oh, what shirt? I thought you said what's going on with the show. Oh, we got the NFL Draft Bible shirt represented okay. today. Okay, just yeah. checking. Yeah, my... Philly dilly, baby. <laughs> it was a, it was, believe it or not, and uh, I am such a uh, fashion wannabe, I piled things in the bottom of my closet. And this oh, yeah. just happened to be the T-shirt that was on the top of the pile. I didn't go looking for it. I didn't say, Jody, you're going to go on the show and predict the Eagles in the Super Bowl. So you got to wear the Philly Philly shirt. No, this this one just happened to be on top. Again, I'll, I'll rest on karma that that's the case, that this happened to be the shirt that was on the top of my T-shirt pile. But, uh, yeah, that's what uh, I have on today. Uh, you got your Well, I, th- I think we both would look uh, fitted pretty, pretty good in some Jacob uh... – Jacob gear. I'm yeah, waiting for my... uh, still that, that it's in the mail. It didn't uh, arrive yet yeah. for you either. <laughs> no, it's, it's still in the mail. It's gonna get here. Although 
freaking Amazon gets stuff to your house in about 24 minutes. You order something along those lines, boom. My wife puts in an order for something. The guy's knocking on a door in less than an hour later, telling us it's sitting on the package, sitting on the front porch. So I, uh, maybe they didn't use Amazon to get us out our Jacob Media stuff. But um, All right, so you're doing plenty of Eagles today. I believe I saw on social media you two picking the Philadelphia Eagles to potentially get to the Super Bowl this year. I, I think, you know, I, I went from hopping on board, Jody, to the conductor of the train, and it, it, I had a uh, recollection over the, the, the Labor Day weekend here, and I, I looked at them on paper, and I said, really, I, I think back to the Bengals last year where there's really no holes on the roster. Now, obviously, Burrow's a much quarter, better quarterback than Jalen Hurts, but, you know, you saw the Rams – Last night, that's your defending Super Bowl champions. If the Eagles don't feel like they can take that team the distance, then what are we really doing? Because we added about six new starters, six impact starters on a team that was already in the playoffs. And, you know, they have to mesh on the defensive side, obviously. But I'm taking a look at not where they are right now, but where they're going to be come January and February when they start to gel and look, Stafford's throwing elbow looked like it could be an issue. Tom Brady, I don't think all is well in Tampa Bay. Aaron Rodgers, there's a lot of question marks with, that come with him in the postseason. And I think the Eagles have a better team on paper than Dallas. So it's not like they're these big world beaters. San Francisco, by the way, I hear Kittle might not play this week. Debo has an ankle. Uh, the running backs banged up. Oh, by the way, they had to b- bring back Jimmy Garoppolo. So why not Philadelphia? Exactly. You and I see it the exact same way. And uh, I, I don't want Jason Kelsey punching me. So I don't <laughs> want to overly hype the Eagles. But the rest of the NFC is n- nobody should be afraid of them. Uh, the AFC, and man, was it in evidence last night, the opener. The AFC is so much more difficult than the NFC this year. If you're a good team in the NFC, and the Eagles are a good team, they could turn into a, ver- a very good team easily. And they may be a great team by the end of the year. Yeah, damn straight, you're going to end up in the Super Bowl. So that's why I'm, uh, you and I see it the same. We're going to be uh, picking the Eagles to go to the Super Bowl. You mentioned San Francisco, and that's Johnny Mack's pick um, mm-hmm. because he believed that they were good enough to make it a couple of years ago and almost made it last year. And they did so with Jimmy G, who was less than a stellar quarterback. So he believes more in the upside of Trey Lance. Trey, you're not asking Trey Lance to be an MVP candidate, just be better than Jimmy G. And if you do that, you should go to the Super Bowl. It's kind of sound logic, but it leaves out a big part. How do you get there? Is it going to be easy? And you just, oh, well, he's going to, you see, game one, he'll come out and he'll be this uh, level quarterback, or will there be peaks and valleys, good and bad games, and then will there be a fissure in that locker room? That's what I'm predicting. I think that at some point, Jimmy G is going to have to come to the rescue, come off the bench and replace Trey Lance. Then you're going to have a split locker room. I'm not picking San Francisco because when you got two quarterbacks, you don't have any quarterbacks in my estimation. Yeah. You know, uh, I think there was a schism in the locker room with Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers towards the end there. And I, I tend to think that you have a similar situation. Both Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo didn't think Jimmy G would be back. They were both stunned that it developed this way. And the day before the announcement, I remember Trey Lance going out of his way to compliment Nate Sudfeld. And I think it was Brock Purdy. uh, And, and, you know, he clearly omitted 
Jimmy G in his comments. And then, you know, you hear that Trey Lance might have his feelings hurt. How long is that leash? I thought it was interesting. Kyle Shanahan said, you know, uh, there was a team, I think the Carolina Panthers named eight, 18 captains, Jody. I didn't know they had eight talented players, but uh, the 49ers did a team vote and Kyle Shanahan named six starters or six captains. And he talked about it in the press conference. He said, well, you know, I could have went seven. I could have went eight. And they said, well, who, who received the seventh and eighth most votes? He said, well, seven was Trey Lance and eight was Debo Samuel, which I think says a lot that the best player on the team got the eighth most votes. But my point here is, you know, what Mike Tomlin did in Pittsburgh with Kenny Pickett, he named Mitchell Trubisky the captain, right? He didn't just name him the starter. He said, this is our captain because he wants to fuel that confidence, give Trubisky that opportunity. And I think there's a reason why Kyle Shanahan cut it off at six, because guess what? When he has to go back to the wishing well, he doesn't want to bench the captain. No, he wants that leeway to flip and flop and give them the best situation. And I think we criticize them for really handling this poorly. <laughs> but now that we look at it, it couldn't have happened any better for them. 6.5 million with incentives. Who would have thunk that? So I think you have a situation now where Trey Lance will be looking over his shoulder all season long. And there's something to be said for in-game experience at the NFL level. Trey Lance hasn't felt that. Not too much of it anyway. And just the fact that he couldn't crack the top six in the captain voting in that room kind of tells you something. That yeah. the players are taking a show-me uh, attitude into the season four. Now, maybe by week two, it'd be a unanimous decision. And he'd be the captain if they re-voted and he'd get every single vote in the room. But we don't know that. That's why we played the games. All right, I want to ask you about this game coming up against the Lions on Sunday. Miles Sanders back two days in a row, full practice, full participation. The Eagles are going to look to throw the ball more. I think it'll be evidence week one against the Lions, but they're not going to abandon the run. Miles Sanders week one, entire season. No, he's playing for a contract. People make a lot out of that. Um, he's going he's gonna to make what he's going to make. He's going to have the season he's going to have. Miles is motivated enough. I'm not worried about him being more motivated or if things aren't going well, him being worried about it. I think Miles has got his head screwed on straight, but are his legs screwed on straight? Is Miles Sanders going to be as effective, if not a more effective back than he was last year running the football for the Eagles this year? Yes, when he's healthy. So, I mean, I don't have a lot of confidence in the durability department. I don't know if he's played a full season yet during his NFL career. So, it's with Miles Sanders, it's always been, you know, when he gets injured, not if he gets injured. So, you know, listen, I think he'll still be the bell cow back for whatever that's worth. I think Gainwell, you'll see him, I think, right here in week one being used out of the backfield, as a, especially as a pass catcher. And so, hey, 1,200 yards, 900 rushing, maybe 300 receiving. I expect them to miss three or four games. And I don't think he'll get 1,000 yards rushing because you got Hurts cutting into the carries. You got, you know, uh, Gainwell. I think Scott is kind of just the break glass in case of emergency guy. You don't really want to give him more than a couple touches. But, yeah, I think you're looking at 15 to 18 touches a game for Miles Sanders when he's healthy. Keep the defense honest. And listen, I think, you know, on the other side of the ball, they've got to um, try to disrupt the interior of that offensive line, which is all banged up for Detroit. 
fortunately for Philadelphia, I think Josiah Scott is the only player who hasn't practiced this week. Detroit's kind of banged up. We, we talked about Big V is no longer there. My guy Jonah Jackson uh, via Rutgers, Ohio State, in, the, in there getting a the starting nod. Uh, Tommy Kramer, gritty guy, as Dan Campbell might say, but limited athletically coming out of Notre Dame. He's the other starter at guard. And now Frank Ragnow. He's kind of questionable. I, I don't think he practiced yesterday at center. So I'm I'm putting in um, Jordan Davis when I can. I'm having Hargrove uh, go get the quarterback. I'm, I'm putting Fletcher Cox on a mission. Oh, by the way, for those of you criticizing Jonathan Gannon, do you know the Buffalo Bills did not blitz, did not blitz on one passing down last night? There you go. If you can get there with your four, that's great. The Eagles have to prove that they can get there with four. If you can't, then you have to make uh, temporary adjustments. All right. Very interesting. You said, Byron, uh, uh, Boston Scott, break uh, glass if necessary. Let's say Miles gets hurt. And we're not hoping for this, not rooting for this. But as Rick just pointed out, it's basically been a foregone conclusion for Miles' career. He's going to get hurt at some point during the year. Um, hopefully, this is the year that changes. Do you think that Gainwell benefits and gets more? Or do you think they choose one of their other backs to plug in? Apparently, you don't think it's Boston Scott. So I'm going to ask you about Trey Sermon to take Miles' role. Because here's what I think. Gainwell's role is Gainwell's role. And uh, if Miles goes down, I think someone else will step into Miles' role and Gainwell's role stays the same. You think it uh, would be increased and he would... Uh, get the call, some of the calls that Miles would get when Miles out of the lineup. Well, don't knock me for wed- hedging here, but I think it's to be determined because you gotta you gotta see how it plays out on a week to week basis. If if Miles Sanders goes down and and the Eagles are playing the Giants, I'm absolutely starting Boston Scott. You know he's a nightmare for that team. So I, I see what you're saying, and I think we saw that last year because Gainwell has his role. I don't know. I want to see. I'm I'm looking at Ken- Kenneth Gainwell to grow though and develop. Like I know what Boston Scott is. I could slide him in there. He'll be dependable, and I'm comfortable rolling the dice with him in the starting job if I have to. He's also like five foot six, 175 pounds, soaking wet. So you got to be careful how many carries and touches you do get him because then suddenly you could be down to Gainwell and and Sermon. And you know Sermon is you're, you're trying to catch lightning in a bottle. I know. I talked about uh, when he was down at the senior bowl, he was doing the interviews, but not actually participating because he had suffered a broken collarbone in the college football playoffs. Now, I don't know how much that's impacted his pro career. It's hard to say that's the reason why he didn't pan out in San Francisco, but no, I think, you know, Scott will probably be the most logical next man up, but if Gainwell comes out, and I said it on my show, like you got Aiden Hutchinson, who's going to be really, really eager and maybe over anticipating on one edge. Charles Harris is the other defensive end there on the back nine, maybe not as quick as he once was. And and you might catch him out of place on containment. I'm, I'm looking for Gainwell to take a couple of screen passes and cut up field for some big chunks of yardage. And if he comes out, has a big game, you know, ride the hot hand. Yeah. Um, now, this is just the way that I evaluated this preseason. Kenneth Gainwell impressed no one. He uh, was 
got his chances like everybody else did. The Eagles keep everybody under wraps, so it's hard to judge. But what people said about at the joint practices, the one against the Dolphins, two against the Browns. Anyway, Gamewell didn't really make any plays. He didn't wow anybody. So if he is going to be a guy they're going to lean on, if Miles goes down, they're doing so kind of on a hope more than the fact that he's earned it during this offseason. And uh, yeah, Boston Scott is just five foot six. But Kenny's game was only five foot nine. Yeah, not like you're putting in this much bigger back. I would guess that Boston Scott is actually bigger when it comes to weight than Kenny Gamewell is. So we have to see. And yeah, I think they're going to give you talk about not knowing. I think they're going to give Sherman a uh, Sherman a shot. I think there's a reason that they claimed him. I think they like the kid. I did when he was at Ohio State. Yeah. Um, you have him as a third round pick, Mr. NFL Draft Bible. Did he go where you thought he should have gone? <sighs> yeah, I think he went about where he should have gone. I think, you know, the criticism you hear coming out of San Francisco was he was doing too much dancing before he hit the hole. Like he was doing too much pity patter, you know, the old Herschel Walker tap toe dance. So Sermon really just needs to plant and go. I think that's the criticism, but yeah, I think, you know, once we found out about that injury at the senior bowl, it it threw a little bit of a monkey wrench, but I had him just about where he went. Yeah, I was a fan. I was off the, that 300 yard game that he had. That was awe inspiring in the uh, postseason. Indeed. Or, yeah, I think it was the conference championship game um, for him. Uh, yeah, I, I like the kid, and I think he's got a chance to be a player if Miles Sanders decides to go elsewhere via free agency. He could be the Eagles' lead back next year, and we'll find out if we get a in uh, up ahead look at him uh in this season all right he's rick zaratella filling in for johnny mcmullen with me jody mack here on birds 365 up next we've got one of the major opinions movers and shakers in philadelphia the lead columnist and sun uh, saturday host on wip mike sealski's gonna jump aboard next here on birds 365 greatest fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 58 years of heartache creates a toughness a grit a resolve not found in most sure our prayers were answered but now that we've had a taste we're looking for more pondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on action. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! 
and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey, the largest workers' compensation law firm in Pennsylvania. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. Even better, Pond Lee Hockey doesn't charge a dime until you win. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Is Birds 365 here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. We'd like you to uh, like the show, share, subscribe, do all that good stuff to keep us rolling. We'll roll to the top of the hour. And then Rick Claritello, who's in for Johnny Mac right now, will take over with his own show. Busy one got Baldy on uh, joining him later. But we're lucky enough that Mike Sielski join us right now from the Philadelphia Inquirer and 94 WIP. MS. You think the Eagles shouldn't even put a punt returner back there? Did you really write that, column? <laughs> screw the punt returners. Just play 11 on the line. First of all, Jody, it's nice to see you. Happy Friday morning. Hi, Mike. Uh, hi, Rick. Happy um, Friday, Mike. <laughs> so, as I said on the radio the other day uh, to someone else, sometimes as a columnist, um, you write a piece for the simple purpose of making people think, to kind of push the envelope on what's considered um, conventional thinking, I guess. And the more I thought about it, the more I thought that it wouldn't be such a terrible idea if the Eagles went without a punt returner. Now, look, as I said in the column, if they had a Deshaun Jackson or a Darren Sproles or a Brian Westbrook or a Brian Mitchell on the roster, a player who was not only an exceptional punt returner, but who filled a very important role apart from returning punts, I wouldn't be making this argument, okay? But they don't have a guy like that. They, they're going to have probably, what, Britton Covey, who's a marginal NFL player, performing this job. And it could come back to bite them. And there is a school of thinking that, look, when you force a, an opposing offense to punt, that offense is surrendering. They're saying, we give up. We are giving you the ball back. Just take it. Just take it. Don't run the risk of muffing the punt fumbling the punt, uh, doing all, making these kinds of mistakes that could and have in the past harm the Eagles. You only have to think back to last season's playoff game against the Buccaneers where Jalen Rager fumbled one punt and it led to a Buccaneers touchdown and then dropped another one later in the game. So again, it was as much a thought exercise as it was anything else, but I do think there's merit to the idea. Well, Mike, I, what you just said is, echoing my sentiment as to why the Eagles should maybe kick the tires on Odell Beckham because he can field punts. Uh, but what about Devin Allen? Because he's a guy that I think does bring a, a little bit of a speed dynamic. Obviously he's 
got some uh, growing pains to go through, and I don't know how you do that on the practice squad, but is he somebody who could come into the picture midseason, do you think? I mean, I suppose he could, Rick, but again, I think you have the same problem with Allen that, that you would with Covey or any other you know, player who is not familiar either with the NFL or returning punts. Um, you know, it, it is a challenging thing to do. Uh, there have only been, for instance, 32 punt return touchdowns in Eagles history. The Eagles have been around 89 years. If you see an Eagles player return a, a punt for a touchdown, it's like getting hit by a bolt of lightning. Okay. And of the last 13 of them that have been returned for touchdowns, 11 of them were by the same four guys that I mentioned earlier, Westbrook, Sproles, Mitchell, and Jackson. So if you have a good one or a great one, that's awesome, but they're really hard to find. And it's hard to find even a guy who's really, really reliable. And I'm not sure that a guy like Devin Allen or Britton Covey or even some of the guys who are already on the roster, who they kicked, the, you know, talked about, Quez Watkins, um, you know, guys like that are all that reliable. So again, look, they're going to put somebody back there and it probably will be fine. But as I said, I just wanted to get people thinking about, hey, you know, maybe there's another way to go about solving this problem. It's not unprecedented. It's, it's happened in high school. It's happening more and more at the college level. And we have seen ideas from those levels of football bubbling up more to the NFL in the last 10 or 15 years. So I have a feeling, guys, you're going to see a team try it sometime in the not too distant future. All right. Last thing on punt returns. And I promise you we'll get to more important things with the Philadelphia Eagles. They do have one guy who just two years ago fielded 11 punts, one of which he took to the house, and averaged 21 yards per punt return. And his name is Devontae Smith. And no one ever mentions him. Why? That's a good question, Jody. Um, I don't know. I wouldn't necessarily be opposed to putting Devontae back there. Maybe they're concerned about wear and tear on him. Uh, even though Devontae has added some muscle and some size in the offseason. Um, I don't know. And maybe it'll get to the point where they do put him back there. Um, but, you know, it, it hasn't really come up, you know, very much so far no, during training I'm camp not, and preseason. Yeah, I might be the first to bring it up that he had 11 pert returns as a senior, one of which he took to the house and averaged 20 yards per. That's pretty damn good. It is good. And I would be much, much more open to someone like Devontae fielding punts than a guy whose only job and whose only reason for being in the NFL is fielding punts, right? Like you're setting up a situation where you're almost like a kicker who's got the yips, you know, who's thinking about his future in the league every time he swings his leg. A guy like a Covey or a Devin Allen is, I would think, going to be thinking about it every single time he fields a punt. If I drop this one, if I muff it, if I fumble it, I may be gone tomorrow. So right. You know, a guy like Devontae is a better option, I think. Well, you know, I I would love to see Devonta Smith back there. I'd also be nervous uh, every time he is back there. And, Jody, that probably goes back to our pre-draft conversation. I know he's bulked up, but maybe in the playoffs, that's the ace up the sleeve, and you just let him run through the playoff gauntlet. But um, speaking of Devonta Smith, Mike, I know you just recently wrote an article saying that Smith – and A.J. Brown could potentially be the greatest Eagles wide receiver duo in history, and it's hard to argue with that logic. Yeah, look, I get it. They haven't played in a regular season game together yet, right? But look at their body of work so far uh, 
in their NFL careers. You know, Devontae had a terrific rookie season, had nearly 1,000 yards receiving, was immediately the best skill position player the Eagles had. Um, you know, might have had better numbers if Jalen Hurts had gotten off to a better start and the Eagles actually threw the ball more often in the second half of the season. And we all know what A.J. Brown was, the kind of player he was in Tennessee. You know, there's a reason the Eagles gave up a first-round draft pick and another pick to go get him. And the thing about it, Rick, is that those guys can be together for a while. You know, A.J. Brown is already signed to a long-term deal here. Devontae's only one year into his rookie deal. Um, you know, you've got two or three years here where they're going to be on opposite sides of each other. And the other aspect too, of it, too, is that, you know, while the Eagles have had some terrific wide receivers in their history, it's been very rare that they've had two terrific ones at the same time. You know, you have Terrell Owens, who was great. And then you have, on the other side, you have Todd Pinkston. Um, you had Mike Quick and Chris Carter entering the season together, uh, but Quick got injured and Carter was going through his personal issues and drug addiction at the time. And so it never really materialized into becoming a great tandem. And then you could go back, you know, years earlier to Harold Carmichael and Harold Jackson. And, and you know, if you want to consider Pete Retzlaff a wide receiver when he was playing with Tommy McDonald, but then we're really going into the way back machine. So in the modern era, I think this is this has a chance to be the best duo that the Eagles have ever had. And it's certainly already, I think, one of the best pairings in the league. All right, Mike, I want to get you out of the way back machine and put you in the forward looking machine. This season, 2022, NFC, if not the Eagles, then who? Because that's one of the reasons why I picked the Eagles to make it to the Super Bowl this year. It's that I don't love the NFC. The obvious teams have question marks. Thank you, Rams, for last night's opening night performance to help me make the argument. The Bucks and Brady maybe not being all committed and offensive line coming apart at the seams and Rodgers without his star wide receiver and his inability to win playoff games. If not the Eagles, then who in the NFC this year, Mike? Well, I'll say this, Jody. I, I, I've written and said that on the one hand, it wouldn't completely surprise me if the Eagles made the Super Bowl uh, because of the improvements they made in the offseason. The young players they've had who have developed in recent years, uh, who they drafted from 2018 on, um, and if Jalen Hurts can take a step forward. That said, the gap between them, even as the NFC's last playoff team last year, and the other teams above them was, was fairly wide, fairly substantial. And that's going to be a lot of ground to make up. Is it possible that they can make it up? Yes. But is it likely? I'm not so sure. You're asking a team like the Packers, who have been really freaking good during the regular season under Matt LaFleur, to really take a step backward. You're asking the Rams, last night notwithstanding, to take a big step backward. You're asking the Buccaneers, who showed how much better they were than the Eagles in that playoff game, and even earlier in the regular season when they came into the link and beat them pretty handily, to take a big step backward. So, you know, even the 49ers, you know, Trey Lance is going to have to be pretty lousy for them to, to regress as much as it will take for them to be you know, on par with or worse than the Eagles. So I'm not saying it can't happen. And it's certainly possible that the Eagles have improved themselves enough to catch up to those teams. But, you know, right off the top, you know, you're talking about leapfrogging four teams that were significantly better than the Eagles were last year. So, Mike, I would I would argue they're not going to take significant steps backwards, but I would argue that each of those teams did somewhat regress. 
And then I take a look at what the Eagles did, especially on the defensive side, impact players at every level of the defense. Jordan Davis, Kaiser White, and Hassan Reddick in the, in the second level. They added Bradbury. Then they trade for Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. We mentioned A.J. Brown. I don't know. Like, if you had told me that any other playoff team from a year ago added all those parts during the offseason, I think we'd be anointing them automatic uh, Super Bowl participants. So what? why is the hesitancy? Is it is it Jalen Hurts? Is that the issue here? It's Jalen Hurts. It's Jonathan Gannon. It's the challenges with assimilating new players, no matter how talented they are, uh, into a team culture and setting and getting everybody uh, on the same wavelength. That's what it comes down to, Rick. Um, you know, I've said this before. I'll say it again. Nobody's breaking any news by saying that the season will come down to Jalen Hurts and Jonathan Gannon. Um, it's the most obvious thing. It's the truest thing about the Eagles. We've got to see what kind of scheme Gannon uh, runs and deploys with the weapons at his disposal now. And we've got to see exactly how much improvement Jalen Hurts has made during the offseason. Can he stay in the pocket and throw the football? You know, I took a lot of heat, for instance, after the first preseason game, the Eagles-Jets game, because that, that play where Hurts rolled out to his right and took that cheap shot from the Jets, to me, worried me a little bit. Not because Hurts took the cheap shot, but because Hurts fled the pocket so quickly. I would have preferred him standing in there and try to throw the ball down the field, and it seemed to me that he escaped a little early. And that said to me, okay, you know, is he taking the steps forward? I, I think he is. It seems like he should. He has all the intangibles and the work ethic so that you would think he would if he could, but we've still got to see it. So, um, you know, it, it's not just the acquisitions. The acquisitions are terrific. The Eagles, as you said, should be much better. But there's a diff big difference between should be and actually once the games start going. All right, Mike, so let me get this straight. That drive that Jalen had, which ended with him with a perfect quarterback rating and a touchdown, that worried you because he held on to the ball too long? Okay, all right. You're a tough grader. I'll give you that. Jody, uh, I'm, the, I'm the guy, okay, in my family, when my wife and I and our two kids get the Christmas tree every year, I'm the guy who stands back and says, you know, the star on top is a little crooked. We got to uh, fix okay. that. That, just, that one just, light is out. We got we to gotta fix that. Just um, double checking on that one. I'm yeah. watching you. Look, and, and look, and here's the other thing, too. Um, and I say this in complete sincerity. Like, that is how I look at things, right? And I, I don't want to get caught up in the Eagles are going to be freaking awesome before we've played a game. Is it possible? Yes. In theory, and based on the moves they've made, they should be excellent. I think they should win 12 games. But again, let's just see. And Jalen Hurts was not an elite quarterback last season. He was not. And it's going to take a significant step forward for him to enter into that category. So let's see. All right. I'm going to ask you to be positive, but you don't have to be over the, the top. Um, the Eagles have made uh, changes. They brought in new players. Uh, both Rick and I think that they've significantly stepped up while others have come back to them in the NFC. Of the newbies, many more on defense than on offense. Basically, it's only one on offense, but it's pretty damn big in A.J. Brown, but some significant upgrades on defense as well. Who's going to be the guy that at the end of the season we go, well, that was their biggest addition. That that really did change the dynamic of the team. Which of their new off-seasons additions will be the guy who moves the needle the most? I think it's the obvious one. I think it's Hassan Reddick. 
Um, I wrote about this the other day. He, to me, is the key to everything because he's going to be the indication to me about how much Jonathan Gannon changes, adjusts, tweaks his approach uh, and how he plays schematically, right? Like last year, we saw it pretty much every week. He put the two safeties in the Jetro lot on Darien Street across from Lincoln Financial Field, and they wanted to keep everything in front of them, okay? Now, there's some discussion about whether that's actually how he wants to play um, or whether he can change things. I will say this. The Eagles didn't get a lot of sacks uh, last season, and that was a big reason why they went out and got Redick. But they did generate – there are numbers that indicate that they did generate decent pressure without blitzing much. So if Redick is able to kind of wreck havoc as a pass rusher um, without Gannon having to blitz, that to me is going to be the telltale sign that they can be something really good because then you can kind of you know feed two birds with the same seed. Right. Like you can keep everything in front of you and still apply pressure to opposing quarterbacks. And that's ideal. So this to me comes down to, to Hassan Reddick. If he's able to, you know, to be the disruptor that he was with the Cardinals and with the Panthers, then the Eagles are going to be in great shape. Yeah, I saw that article that you had there with Gannon and, and Reddick being kind of tied at the hip in terms of Gannon and Gannon's uh, job security. So. Um, we'll be keeping an eye on that. What will you be keeping an eye on in this Lions matchup? Where are the Eagles going to win? Is it in the trenches? Because, you know, Detroit had a pretty good offensive line before these injuries started to bite them. Uh, now we got a couple guys up front for Detroit who are kind of banged up. Do you see them utilizing uh, Jordan Davis in this matchup? How much does he play? What does that defensive line rotation look like? How do they uh, beat this line? I don't know if you saw Hard Knocks. There's a lot of Lions hype. Uh, but the Eagles took them to the woodshed last last year. So do you see more of the same, or do you see a more competitive matchup? Honestly, Rick, I just finished writing this in a column that's going to be online tomorrow um, before I came on with you guys. You, I think you're 100% right about the Lions hype. I think it has kind of warped the way people, especially in and around Philadelphia, are looking at this game. The Lions were 3-13 and last year. Jared Goff is their starting quarterback, okay? If, if they beat the Eagles – Sunday, it should be a shock to everybody. The Lions aren't that good, and they have those injuries along the offensive line. The, the Eagles should be pressuring Jared Goff all the time, and if they're not, then something's gone wrong here. Um, you know, I think the inside look or the perception of inside look that Hard Knocks gives us on an NFL team kind of warps the way we look at that team. And we hear Dan Campbell, you know, delivering these speeches about you know, it's like an ocean and you got these teams that are in the shallows that are coming after you. I mean, it was a, the metaphor was so tortured that I think the United Nations are going to investigate. It. Oh. I mean, it was just, it, it was kind of silly and like, guys, they're still the lions and the Eagles are better. And if this game is, is close, it, it's not going to reflect real well on the Eagles. It's going to say, okay, maybe they need some sort to sort some stuff out here early in the season. Um, the Eagles should win this game. Hard knocks should make you a fan of the team. It shouldn't warp the reality when they're not that good a team and the Lions are not that good a team. You and I see this exactly the same, Mike. All right. Um, year two of the Nick Sirianni coached Philadelphia Eagles and his staff, some of which in coordinated positions for the first time. So how much does year number one make them better, if at all, in year number two in their job? I, th I think it does make them better. I, maybe I'm seeing something that's not there, Jody, but I, every time I listen to Sirianni speak to us now, there just seems a relative kind of 
confidence and assurance about himself that I, I didn't pick up on his first year. And he did a decent job his first year. You know, they were nine and eight. They got into the playoffs. They were two and five and going nowhere. And yeah, the schedule got easier in the second half of the season. But what would we, what would we be saying if they had lost more of those games than just the stinker they laid against the Giants in East Rutherford? So um, I, I think they're going to be, as a staff, better. Uh, I'm sure Eagles fans watched some of, the real hardcore fans anyway, watched some of Jeff Stoutland's interaction with the media yesterday. As long as the Eagles have that guy coaching their offensive line, they're going to be in good shape. I think he's the best position coach in the NFL, um, or at least one of them. Sure. So. Um, look, is it a kind of a prove it year for Sirianni and his staff? In some ways it is, you know, if Jalen Hurts doesn't take the steps forward that everybody agrees he needs to take, Jeffrey Lurie tends not to be very patient with a head coach who can't develop a quarterback the way Jeffrey Lurie would want. Go back and look at his history. You know, Andy Reid gets Donovan McNabb. Andy Reid is here with Donovan for 10 years. Donovan gets traded Andy gets three years and then he's fired. Chip Kelly never had a settled situation at quarterback. Were there other issues with Chip? Yeah, of course there were. But the unsettled nature of the position led to him lasting less than three years. Doug Peterson gets Carson Wentz, and they win a Super Bowl. But as soon as the Carson Wentz situation falls apart, Doug Peterson is out of here. So Nick Sirianni should be mindful of that. Um, you know, he, they may they may decide to move on from Jalen Hurts based on his performance this season. But Sirianni is only going to get one more shot to work with another quarterback, I would bet before Jeffrey Lurie says, okay, maybe Nick's not the guy. So, you know, that's the history. Um, but for now, I think Nick Sirianni, you, you kind of have to feel fairly good about him and the trajectory he's on as a head coach. Well, I, I think that confidence has also trickled down to Jalen Hurts, and it's a big make-it-or-break-it-prove-it season for him. And you mentioned the continuity year two in the system, first time, I think, since going back to high school so, Mike, let me ask you, is it just based on performance? Is it based on results or results and performance? You mentioned guys like Jimmy G, Jared Goff, guys that have gone to the Super Bowl or won the Super Bowl, and then their teams look to jettison. Is Jalen Hurts, like, if he goes out and wins a playoff game or two, I would imagine that's your quarterback. But if it's not done impressively, does he still warrant that long-term deal? This, to me, is the question that defines the 21st century NFL, Mike. Mm -hmm. um, or Rick, excuse me. I'm referring to myself. Um, th this, to me, is the defining question of a league. In that, at what point, when you are a team, do you commit to a franchise, quote-unquote, quarterback? Because giving too much money to the wrong guy is just as big a mistake or just as big a problem as not having the guy. Um you know, we saw that with the Ravens once they committed to Joe Flacco. We saw that with the Giants in the latter years of Eli Manning's career after he had won the two Super Bowls. You hamstring yourself if you give a quarterback who can't carry you to a Super Bowl an awful lot of money because it's harder to build up a team around him. The big reason, one of the big reasons, that the Eagles have been able to make the acquisitions they made this offseason and improve themselves as they have is that Jalen Hurts is only costing them what? 1.9 under the salary cap this year. If you give him a big contract, it inherently becomes more difficult to build a better team around him. So look, this is a tough call for them and they're going to be scouting quarterbacks this season. At the same time, they're going to be watching Jalen and seeing how he performs. So uh, to answer your question, I don't know. I think, I think there's a real gray area here where they, the team does well, but they're doing well. 
um, you know, kind of not necessarily in spite of Jalen Hurts, but independently of how Jalen Hurts is playing. And man, that's going to be a that's going to lead to a tough decision uh, moving forward for this team. It really is. I'm not going to go over well with Eagle Nation if Ian Book is the starter for the Philadelphia Eagles in uh, 2023. All right. Uh, yeah, I'm skipping over the rest of this year. Go into next year for a more important question than whether Ian Book's going to be playing or not. Um, who's going to be the Eagles' starting center game one 2023? Cam Jurgens, I think. You think Kelsey's um, walking away? I, I think so. I think so. I, I Look, I don't have any inside intel on this. Jason, you know, knows a lot of people in the media, Is is has tended to be very open with us about how he weighs whether to return and, you know, whether to retire. Um, but I also wonder if he, I don't know this, I'm just guessing, I wonder if he looks at Jurgens and says, okay, they finally got the guy uh, who has good hands and I can leave the position in good hands with this kid. Um, and therefore I can walk away. It wouldn't surprise me if Jason were thinking that way, uh, just knowing a little bit about him as a person. So um, if I were betting, I would say this, this is probably his last year, but again, I wouldn't rule it out. I mean, I can remember being in the locker room of the Superdome after the Eagles lost to the Saints in the playoffs in 2019, after Alshon Jeffrey dropped that pass from Nick Foles and they had a chance to go to the NFC championship game. And Jason was really kind of, weighing it then and talked very openly about how he wasn't sure if he was going to come back. And then he came back and came back again. So let's see. But if I were, if I were betting, I'd say, yeah, this is probably the last year that Jason Kelsey is playing for the Eagles. Interesting, Mike. So with that being said, let me ask you this, since you've spent significant time around Jason, I have not, would you see him? Cause I think he would be an outstanding coach. He'd also be an entertaining media personality. Do you think, he gets into one of those endeavors or does he just take some time off? What's ne next for Jason Kelsey be beyond the gridiron? You know, I don't know, Rick. He's got a, he's a smart guy. He's got a lot going on upstairs and I think emotionally too. Um, I think if he wanted to coach, he'd be terrific at it. Uh, he may not want to do that. He may not want to do that. Um, I know his wife works with, um, children who are on the autism spectrum. Um, and maybe that's something that he'd want to dive into with her. I don't know. Um, you know, uh, I, I get along pretty well with him, I think. And uh, as I said, he gets along well with a lot of people who cover the team. Um, he understands the importance of those kinds of relationships. Maybe the media is something that would appeal to him, but I'd just be speculating. I, I don't know. I think there's a lot of things that Jason Kelsey could do and he'd be pretty good at them. Yeah, if I got along with him, that ended today when I called him on the carpet for trying to curb the expectations of the Eagles, then doing I video and saying, we're going to prove to you that we're the best. So, yeah, I don't think Jason is talking to me right now. Um, no, but I'm glad you're talking to me, Sielski. So we've got you Eagles win Sunday against Detroit. And if it's close, shame on the Eagles uh, that they should win this one handily. See, it's the same there. You've got the Eagles making the playoffs, but... The teams that were ahead of them last year, you can't in good conscience put ahead of the Eagles ahead of them just yet. You might do that by the time the playoffs roll around, but not just yet. How many games are the Eagles going to win? They're going to win the division. Give us your in-season, regular season prediction on the Philadelphia Eagles accomplishments. I think 12-5 and five is a reasonable expectation, Jody. I do. Um, I think they should win the division. I think the Cowboys' injuries um, are going to hurt them. Um, you know, that there's always something going on with that team. Um, 
look, the commanders and the giants, you know, uh, they are what they are. You know, something is going to happen with Carson Wentz at some point this season, and there will be drama because there always is. And the Giants just aren't very good. They're still rebuilding. So I think the Eagles should win the division. Um, how far they go in the playoffs, we'll see. It depends who they draw. depends on health and who's around and all that. I picked the Packers to, to come out of the NFC, um, but that's me. 12 and 5. Does that include 6 and 0 oh in division? 5 and 1. Okay. Yeah, I got them going 6 and 0. Oh. Uh, but uh, uh, we'll see if that plays itself out. Mike, always a pleasure. Feel free to sp- spread the word that Devontae Smith should be running back punts, not nobody, uh, between now and. Just let the ball roll, Jody. Come to the dark side. No, 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 no. Let's uh, see. And yes, uh, Saratella and I are old enough. You're close. Uh, to remember Jason Seahorn returning a kick for the Giants and his career was never the same thereafter. So I get what you're risking by doing that. I would do it for Devontae Smith. Jody, look at it this way. There's a line in Moneyball by by Brad Pitt slash Billy Bean where he's telling his players, right, when the other if the other team bunts, just pick the ball up and throw it to first base. Don't try to be a hero. They're giving you an out. Take it. The same thinking should apply to punts. They're giving you the ball back. Just take it. Don't mess it up. All right. Sealski going all money ball on us. I appreciate <laughs> that. Uh, Mike, a pleasure, buddy. Thanks much for hopping on. We're going to have you on during the season as well. Thanks for doing it today. Jody, Rick, thanks so much, guys. Have a great weekend. Good Our stuff, pleasure. Mike. Thank that you. That is Mike Sealski from the Philadelphia Inquirer and also Saturdays on uh, 94 WIP. All right. Sarah Tell and I coming back. I'm pretty much on the record. Rick is close to on the record. Oh, we hadn't given a score on this game. On Friday. Nor have I. We'll officially lock in our predictions for Eagles-Lions week number one next here on Birds 365. My wife was in an accident that changed our lives forever. She was in rehabilitation for years. She had to learn to walk again. She couldn't take care of herself. We couldn't afford a nurse. We were running out of options. One conversation with Pond Lee Hockey changed everything. They understood what we were going through and immediately helped us navigate the legal process. We can't thank them enough. Pond Lee Hockey, tell us your story. Go for the polls and the pools. Go for the oohs and the ahs. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. It's the number one news at 10 p.m. Action news on PHL 17. Join Shari Williams, Gray Hall, Deuces Rogers, and meteorologist Adam Joseph for all the big stories at a time that's right for you. Action news at 10 p.m. on PHL 17. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say... But as I always say... It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. 
Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Coming down the home stretch of a football Friday, the last one prior to an Eagles game actually being played over the weekend. We haven't had that in six months, so we're looking forward to our football Fridays all season long. All right, uh, Rick Saratella in for Johnny Mack. He's going to jump aboard his own show, Football Playbook, coming up in just a couple of minutes, and we'll let you go after you tell us how you see this Eagle game playing out. You got to give me the crystal ball look on Eagles Detroit, 4.30 on Sunday. I know you're picking Eagles to win, but just give me a detail or two and maybe a final score as to Eagles-Lions. You know, Jody, I think when I was filling in a couple of weeks ago over the summer, I thought this might be a competitive game, but I've come over to the Jody Mack side. I have seen the lights. Um, I think with the Lions offensive line being banged up, their 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 bread and butter is the run game. So I think they're going to struggle running between the tackles. Even if the Eagles don't blitz, that interior rush should be able to apply some pressure to Jared Goff. So I think if the Eagles get the ball first, go downfield, and, and like they did against that Jets game, it could be lights out early here. I got J- Jalen Hurts accounting for two passing touchdowns, one rushing touchdown. Uh, I think A.J. Brown gets on the on the scoreboard. I see uh, the Eagles doubling down on the Detroit Lions here. I got them going 34-17. 34-17. All right, so uh, we are close. Uh, Ricky, we'll let you go. Get ready for your football uh, playbook show. Saratella up next. I'll finish out the show here. Thanks, um, Jody. You got it, Rick. Thank you. Thanks for uh, filling in for Johnny Mac. Johnny Mac will be back with me on Monday. John had it 28-20 Eagles. Ricky has them doubling up the Lions 34-17. So he's got a little bit little bit heavier than I am. Almost the double up for me with the Eagles against the Lions on Sunday. I, you know one of the two scores is not going to be a regular score. We know what the numbers are. 7, uh, 14, 13, 17, 20, 21. We know what the usual numbers are. Sometimes it's a little tricky to get the 16, but I'm going to predict that the Detroit Lions only score 16 points and the Philadelphia Eagles will score 31. So I've got a 31-16. Jalen throws a couple, maybe runs one in. Let's give Miles Sanders, be it either on the ground and or with a flare pass out of the backfield, his first touchdown in over a year since he took the collar last year and didn't get any. 
Uh, yeah, I think Miles will have a nice game. Um, I think the Eagles will be up double digits and cruise in the second half. I'm really looking forward to the second half because it'll be a little bit telling if I'm right about the fact that they're up by uh, 10 points or more at halftime. What will they do when they're ahead? If they're playing ahead by 10, 13, 14, 17 points, will they look to ground and pound and run the clock or will they work on the fact that they believe they need to be more of a passing football team, get Jalen Hurts some pretty impressive numbers, which, oh, by the way, the Lions secondary is not a strong suit of their team. I think they can be passed against. So I'll uh, believe that Jalen Hurts can put up some good numbers. But I think if he does it in the first half, they don't need to necessarily show it off in the second half. Uh, Eagles are going to pass the ball more this year. Those of you who think that they're going to return to their uh, dominance on the run because that gives them the best chance to win. Not until they're forced to do it. Shoot, they didn't do it last year until they were forced to do it. And with the early season schedule that they have, they're going to be, I've got them going 4-0 out of the gate before they have a tough game out in Arizona. So there's no way they're going to flop after that. They lose to Arizona, come back, beat Dallas. No. It's not happening this year. Even when they lose those three straight games in the middle of the year, that's right. I've got the Eagles at 12 and five, despite the fact that they're going to lose back to back to back in November. It will not change the way they do things, but I think they will be smart enough. I think Sirianni is smart enough. I think that uh, he and Shane Steichen will be smart enough. Then there's going to be a game or two and some right here in the first half of the season that the Eagles are well ahead of. And they can take the air out of the football, and they'll do just that. Uh, so when you get ready to call me on WIP or stream in with me and uh, Johnny Mack, uh, oh, see, the Eagles had to run the football. No, they don't have to. They're not going to have to. And if they run the football effectively when they're protecting a double-digit lead, it doesn't really tell you that they've changed their opinion, that they've got to be able to throw the football. They're going to throw it better this year. Jalen Hurts is going to have an improved year. An off the charts top five quarterback in the NFL type year? No, I can't. I can't get that crazed. But he will be better than he was last year, and yeah, we'll be debating it all year long. And not only what is happening with the 2022 Eagles, but what effect is it going to have on the Eagles going on down the road in the 2023? All right, my final score is 31-16 Eagles. Rick Saratella has them winning. John McMullen has them winning. Eagles. You better not lose this one on Sunday. Otherwise, there's going to be you-know-what-to-pay come Monday here on Birds 365. All right, thanks to Ricky. Thanks to Mike Zielski. Johnny Mack and I will be back on Monday. What is it that everybody says? Oh, yeah. Go Birds. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, 
you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.